welcome back to a little show called Rough Sundays. Shannon Powell, Lord, Lord, Lord. Uh, Powell, drummer for basically everybody you can think of. Wynton Marsalis, Diana Krall, 
who else? Earl, Earl King. Um, now, Powell himself is from Treme in New Orleans, and he traveled with and toured with, sorry, Harry Connick Jr., Dr. John, and more. But if you get me talking about New Orleans, we're going to be here for 30, 40 years. So we'll play some New Orleans, but let me concentrate on this week's show. Uh, this is Rough Sundays. And a massive thank you for being so supportive with the reboot of this. You know, over the past, I would say, year, I've turned off notifications for social media, Instagram, especially book sales and stuff like that, because for a very, very long time, uh, more embarrassing than I would like to admit, the, the clicks were more important to me than the content. So I don't know how many people are listening to this, or if they are, but... You know, when you send me a, a video of your kids dancing to the music or a photo of it up there on the big screen as you sip your coffee, that that means a lot. That actually, it, it means more than you know because uh, I, you know, when you travel nonstop, um, one of the things you give up is a kitchen and a partner to lie in bed with on Sunday morning doing the crossword. So to be with you in your kitchen for half an hour every Sunday is, um, it's actually really cool. So thank you for that. I am, for whatever reason, uh, interest lies in where I'm recording the show, which, no, you know what, I, sorry, that was forced humility. It's, it's, I live an interesting life. So yeah, it's interesting where I'm recording this. So I'll tell you each week where I'm recording this or take a picture. Uh, this is my last day in Bangkok. After being stuck, and I say that in quotation marks, or italics, stuck in Thailand for seven months during 2020, being 2020, uh, I'm house-sitting for a friend who is currently in a two-week quarantine. She just flew back from Quebec. She is stuck inside a hotel room for two weeks with no booze. Can you imagine? I cannot, which is probably why I have a show called Rough Sundays and not the I Have My Life Together podcast. Um, but back to the music, and I want to play some Odetta Holmes, a.k.a. Odetta, one of the most powerful voices to ever exist, often called the voice of the civil rights movement. Um, called a lot of things, to be honest. And we, we let's quickly run down what a lot of people who you know have said about Odetta, Oh, before I forget, uh, when I uploaded the last week's show, all the archive shows came up. Um, and if you want an absolute pleasure of an episode, click on the first show. Well, click on all the shows, of course. But click on the first show, The Golden Age of Gospel, with author-historian Bob Darden, uh, Professor Bob Darden, I should say, as he goes into the civil rights movement and how gospel music played an important part in that. So good. Um, but back to Odetta, and let's run through what a lot of people who you know had to say about her, all right? Joan Baez said, Odetta was a goddess. Her passion moved me. I learned everything she sang. Janis Joplin spent most of her adolescence listening to Odetta, who was also the first person Janis imitated when she started singing. Maya Angelou beautifully wrote, if only one could be sure that every 50 years a voice and a soul like Odetta's would come along. The centuries would pass so quickly and painlessly we would hardly recognize time. Rosa Parks said she was Odetta's number one fan and Martin Luther King Jr. called her the queen of American folk music. Bob Dylan 
said the first thing that turned me on to folk singing was Odetta. I heard a record of hers, and right then and there I went out and traded my electric guitar and amplifier for an acoustic guitar. That album was something vital and personal. I learned all the songs on that record. So since we're talking about Bob Dylan and we're talking about Odetta, let's play something off of the fantastic record Odetta Sings Dylan. Baby, I'm in the mood for you on Rough Sundays. Sometimes I'm in the mood I want to leave my lonesome home Sometimes I'm in the mood I want to hear my milk cow moan Sometimes I'm in the mood I want to hit that highway road Then again, then again then again, then again This whole thing I'm in a mood for you Sometimes I'm in the mood I wanna back up against the wall Sometimes I'm in the mood I wanna live in a pony stone Sometimes I'm in a mood I don't wanna do nothing at all Then again Playa. Oye, a la orilla del mar, 
para que luzca más bella, porque quiero que sea mi estrella. Vamos a bailar, ven contigo linda morena, me quiero casar. Yo no sé por qué en mi barrio se ha corrido, que yo me estoy volviendo loco. Quiero demostrarle al mundo que sepa que hay una boliviana que me tiene cráneo roto. great Ibrahim Ferrier, a.k.a. the Cuban Nat King Cole. Fascinating life, this guy. Uh, orphaned at 12, lived on the streets of Santiago, Cuba, singing for, for pennies to feed himself. Uh, I was actually fortunate enough to visit his grave many years back in Havana. I actually did this, this cool little walking tour. I got to see his, Omar Portuondo, and Compay Segundo's tiny homes in Havana, and they are tiny. For some reason, you would think they'd be palatial. No, they're, they're, they're tiny basically shacks um, and actually Compay Segundo has a bar in Havana and I had a very late rum and cigar smoked evening there and um, just fantastic if you ever get the chance to do Havana just do Havana just go there for a week do Havana I don't even know if we're allowed in this month as an American but um, tell you what a few bucks in the little tip jar and I will walk you through how I used to sneak in back in the day but um, those names that I just mentioned, Omar Apotondo, Gombay Segundo, Ibrahim Ferrer, recognizable because they were all part of the Buena Vista Social Club. And the other night up in Pai, here comes another story. I'm quite chatty today, sorry. But the other night up in Pai, I was having a conversation with a fella who said something quite poignant. You know, he, say, he said he wished Bright Cooter wouldn't have stopped with Cuba 
and he wished he would have taken that formula, the, the one of bringing all the old school stars back and forming this super group and taking them on tour. He said he wished he would have done that in other countries, and I thought that was a really good idea. You know, think about that, like Senegal or Bolivia, Ethiopia, even the old Thai jazz that I discovered this trip. It's a really great idea. Somebody should do that. Oh, sorry, you know what? I cannot, I mentioned Ethiopia, and I, I cannot mention Ethiopia without mentioning Ethiopian jazz, and you cannot mention Ethiopian jazz without playing the father of Ethiopian jazz, so I have to sneak a song in here. Sorry, it's going to be a sick song Sunday. Apologies, but Etho Jazz, the father of Etho Jazz, the legendary Mulatto Astak. How good is that? 
maybe it's just because it's it's African that it has something so inexplicable, magical, spooky. I don't even know what you want to call it. Like it's Latin jazz, a bit of swing, but it's all Ethiopian. If if you're not yet hip to the jazz scene coming out of Ethiopia, I beg you to do so. Um, there's this wonderful compilation called uh, Ethiopics, I think. It was a French or Parisian label. And I think they released it about 10, 15 years ago. And it just, it goes in, it's a great introduction to Ethiopian jazz, which is rich. I guess what I'm trying to say, it's it's rich and it's deep, but Ethiopian jazz is fantastic. And if that's something that you're interested in, send me an email and I will send you a bunch of tracks to get you started. Um, can I tell another story? I'm quite full of stories today and I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, but it's a music show. This is an Eric Tells a Story show, but this is pretty interesting. And... Raul Dahl said, without stories, we're just eating machines with shoes. So I'm going to tell a story. I was in Addis Ababa in 2013, I believe. And um, I was there because I have this ridiculous connection to Ethiopia. And uh, when I when I say when I go, the one time that I went, and if I go again, I get the royal treatment by a handful of people because of my Aunt Jan who lived there for about 15 or 17 years. But why the royal treatment? Like, why does why does a white dude from Oklahoma show up in East Africa and get treated really nice by... I mean, the Ethiopians are already nice, but, like, especially nice by a bunch of people. As it turns out, my aunt, Jan, was a friend of Haley Selassie. Like, even helped his family escape after his assassination. You know who Haley Selassie is. Yes, Haley was the emperor of Ethiopia from, I want to say the 1930s to the 1970s, right? But that's, I mean, that's interesting, but that's not the most interesting because Selassie traced his lineage back to the Solomonic dynasty. Do you see where I'm going with this? Like Selassie, Haley Selassie, friend of my aunt's, emperor of Ethiopia, he is line of David, like the Jesus line. He's he's related to, Reportedly, but it's it's pretty believable. He's related to Jesus, which is why Selassie. That's that's about as big as you can get. I'm sorry, like there's not a lot of, you know. But this is a music show. I know, and we should keep it at music. Sorry, I'm not trying to. But let's do this. Uh, you know reggae, of course. You know reggae, right? Reggae comes from the Rastafari or or Rasta, as your T-shirt from Spring Break clearly shows. Rastafari is a religion that began in Ethiopia and it's centered on, you guessed it, Haile Selassie, of whom they believe is the second coming of Christ. Like Haile Selassie is the reincarnate of Jah. Every time somebody mentions Jah in a reggae song, they're talking about Selassie. Selassie is the human prophet, okay? So what this means that if it's true and if Judgment Day is true and it happens and I am escorted to a basement, which is going to be no shock to anybody whatsoever. I'll be able to stop and say, oh, but you know, my Aunt Jan, I get to play that card, right? So anyway, this is all true, 100% true. My aunt even has a photo of my cousin Jeff handing Haley a paper airplane that he made him, right? How cool is that? Anyway, a long story, but a good one. We'll dive into some reggae soon, but since we're on Africa... And I need to shut up. I want to play a track from Africa that, that somebody sent me last week. But you have to remember two things while listening to the song. All right? Two things. Number one, this album was recorded while these kids were in high school. 
average age was under 16, in fact. Okay, so that's the first thing. Number two, they're from Nigeria. So kids in high school, average age, under 16, from Nigeria. Got it? All right, it's Ofege.
high schoolers from Lagos, Nigeria. A friend of mine, Tony, sent me that track and I had to include it. Speaking of which, if you have any songs that, that would fit this show, send them to me. That's cool. Share music. Music and food, right? The best things to share. Uh, we're almost done. Apologies for making this not only a six-track Sunday, but um, quite the loquacious show, Eric. Um, but I hope you liked it. This is the last show, as I mentioned, recorded in Thailand. I'm off tonight to the airport on a brand new adventure, so that'll be fun. Um, recording from a brand new place. Thank you also for the donations. That's uh, I'm always incredibly humbled. Like I mentioned that just to kind of, you know, pay for the cost of this and downloading all the songs and the hosting or whatever. And uh, I woke up the next morning and there were there were incredibly nice donations. So thank you. That means the show can keep going for a long time, which is cool because I really like doing this show. Anyway, we talked about Tremay early on in the show, three hours ago before I started getting chatty. And we talked about Tremaine, New Orleans, and I warned you this was going to happen, so the final track I want to play, and I'm going to allow myself on this show to, to, to make that last song a bit of a banger, right? This is the one that has to get you moving so it can be a little bit more upbeat. Uh, this one's going to be by the legendary Louis Prima. Now, in preparing for the show, which, believe it or not, I sometimes do, I watched a documentary on him called Louis Prima the Wildest, the original title was um, just a gigolo, but apparently that didn't fly in middle America. So Louis Prima, the, the, the wildest, wasn't an amazing documentary, but it gave some insight into not only who he was, but what he did. You know, to you have to realize to be Italian in New Orleans at the turn of the century wasn't a good thing. In fact, it was just about the worst thing you could be. Um, I just finished this book a few months ago, phenomenal book called Empire of Sin, which is about the rise of Storyville and the French Quarter and the birth of jazz, a fantastic book. And it begins, the first chapter, pretty much explaining how you didn't want to be Italian in New Orleans in the early 1900s. But Louis Prima embraced that, you know, which was a gamble. Like Prima got his start in the late 1930s. And if you think about what the world, what was going on in the world in the late 1930s, that was Mussolini joined Hitler, right? So to be Italian wasn't the coolest thing, especially in America. But Louis was singing in Italian and making references to his lineage, which gave others the confidence to do so. Um, namely, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, who used to go and see him in Vegas and admittedly copied a lot of his act. Um, okay, Dean Martin admitted it, right? Frank would never, because Frank was just a... <sighs> the butthole. But I wanted to play a live show of Louis because that was his magic, reading an audience. And this is from a Lake Tahoe show back in the I wonder, 1960, 1964. And I'm sure there are jokes and language in this track that wouldn't fly, so apologies to you sensitive types. But in this song, you're truly able to see what he did with the crowd, what Louis Prima did with the crowd. And like his own band members couldn't get through their parts without cracking up. And it's just, it's a magical, it takes you to what Sing a Louis Prima show would have been about. And it's the last one for this Sunday, and I hope you liked it. And it's Louis Prima. <laughs> Gentlemen, Sam's going to tell you a story now about a little trouble he had last year in, uh, in Lake Tahoe on the south side. 
with an Italian judge and an Indian woman, a Sicilian and a Cherokee. Tell them the story of how you met this lady and, and everything. Come on, Sam. Okay, well, I'll tell them. Sam met this lady down in the, in the Bayou country in Lower Louisiana. Right, Sam? Uh, uh, Sam and the Indian was trapping together. Uh, Sam had the ammunition, the lady was watching the skin. Now they got a little money together, they migrated up to the Chafuncta River to Covington, Louisiana, and Sam and the Indian got a job in the corn factory. Right, Sam? Sam was a husker. <laughs> and a woman was his helper. So they made a lot of money now. They went all the way up into the Western Hemisphere, way up in here, up into the high Sierras. Uh, the, the, the Sierra highs. <laughs> And there Sam got himself a little plot on the side of the hill to little, well, it was a little, little, uh, what, about 100 by 50. About 100 by 50, and he, and he set up a little housekeeping job there, a little, uh, a sort of a TP pad. He figured he'd live together there for, for, with him and his lady uh, forever uh, uh, plotting. Well, one afternoon, some cat come, knocked on his door and said, Sam, uh, get up there, boy, we're going hunting. And uh, uh, he, uh, Sam, being the hunter type, uh, he, he grabbed his yarmulke and he was gone. So, so, the, so the lady he was married to, she was a Shoshone. So she gave him a little can of filter fish in case he got hungry. Well, Sam played it smart. He took a bottle of Rigotto in case he got Ashita from the Kapilta. Well, him and his friend went way up into the mountains hunting deer and rabbit, or a regular deer and, and little bunnies. And some cottontail and some little antelopes. And some rare hair. <laughs> well, well, what happened was Sam went his way and his friend went his way, and Sam got an idea. He would bring a goodie home to the Indian. So he took the goodie and he was walking home with it. This is when the trouble started. Sam had the goodie under his arm and he went to open the door, and as he went to open the door, the door flew open. Right, Sam? And and when you when you when the door flew open, you saw and you said. Alas! <laughs> I saw this long, tall, broad, distinguished-looking gentleman, half-sunburnt fella, standing there, half a Navajo, half a Comanche, coming out of my half of the house. <laughs> with all of my husking money in his hand. <laughs> and this made me awful sad. I don't blame you. But in the meantime, I was getting real mad. You had a right to be. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. What you said? And I said, baby, 
explanation do you have? What did she say to Indian? The whole world is waiting to hear that phrase. Whoop. <laughs> she said, hmm. <laughs> next time. I said there'll be no next time. That was the last time for me. What happened then, Sam? Well, then I grabbed my hat and I headed for the door. Is that all you could salvage? <laughs> well, I knew I wouldn't be back then no more. You should have taken a little box lunch or something. <laughs> it gets rough on the road. <laughs> and then I walked the landlord, a real cool gent. What did he want? He said, hey, Sam, how about the rent? Now, what you told him? I said, um, <laughs> next time he said down coming up right now. Sam, I hope you didn't give him nothing. Oh. It wasn't your turn. You had three, three more weeks to go on that old contract. <laughs> Man, I jumped through the window and my feet, they hit the ground. That was a good move. Well, sure, I figured I'd better get out of town. What by what mode of transportation were you figuring? <laughs> well, when I arrived at the airport, oh, ooh, ooh. there was that man with those papers, failure to support. What you told him? I said, hmm, <laughs> next time. He said, there'll be no next time. You're going to see the judge right now. You could have taken a Greyhound, leave the driving to us. <laughs> What happened then, Sam? Well, he took me to see that little friend of mine. Who's that? You remember District Judge? He'll kill me. In room 229. Oh, he was all right. <laughs> yeah, he said, Sam, I won't worry. your payments are way behind. I'm not worried about you. I said, don't worry, Gilda. <laughs> it won't happen next time. what he say? He said, next time, there'll be no next time. You're going to jail right now. Could have asked me, I could have loaned you my car, man. <laughs> Come on, what happened then? Yeah, he put me in a padded cell. Did they feed you? On bread and water. No, Master Jolie? <laughs> man, man. Boy, it must have been rough. Man, it was hell. I don't blame you. 30 days later. What happened? On my way out. You see somebody? Yeah, here come my chick. Who was that? With a big fat mouth. Alone? A policeman had her. Policeman had her. Yeah, he was putting her in jail. Putting her in jail. And she wanted me. She wanted you. To go on bail. And what you told her? I said, hmm. <laughs> next time. She said, there'll be no next time. That was the last time for me. And thus concludes Rough Sundays. It is now available on a lot of places. Uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iTunes soon, uh, I believe. And I think, I think I'm correct in saying that you can just sit on your couch and ask Alexa to play this. Um, I don't have a couch or an Alexa, so if you want to do that and film it, that'd be cool. And we will... Yeah. See you next week. Have a good Sunday.